Okay, cheers, everybody. Cheers, cheers. everyone. Cheers. Mm. Been a while. Hi, guys. I'm Logan from uh, Tacolicious, Logan's Punch, all around taco smelling guy, cilantro and dreams. Uh, to my right, I have Kelvin Ip. Um, Kelvin, I'm from Street Kings. We do street food pop ups here in Shanghai. And yeah. Uh, and I'm Helena. I'm one of the founders of uh, one of China's first craft gins, Crimson Pangolin. So today we're here to talk about gin and gin in China. Mm-hmm. So I figured, why not go right to the source? Helena, tell us about gin. Okay, sure. Uh, well, gin in the last few years, I would say five, perhaps six years, has kind of gone through a bit of a renaissance. Um, Gin was last kind of popular in the sort of 1970s, 1960s, and it was kind of seen as a bit of a sort of old man, like kind of colonel's drink. Uh, but it's come into sort of popular sort of culture again and sort of prominence since I would say maybe 2016, 2015, something like that. Um, it definitely started to kind of reach the mainstream around that time anyway. There was a few kind of like craft distillers going on in England um, who were kind of doing small batch production here and there uh, for gin. So definitely this this kind of like a, this kind of new wave, this kind of revival of gin, um, I would say it definitely started in the UK and then it kind of sort of spread out into kind of like uh, Spain, Scandinavia, the rest of Europe. And I think even the States has, has a few and, and North America in general has a few gin, um, has a few new gin brands coming through now. Um, so it is very much kind of the spirit of the moment. Um, and I think I think the popularity for it comes off the back of a couple of things. I think that, number one, it's actually pretty easy to distill gin. It's not like whiskey where you have to wait and barrel age it and you have to do all these various different aging processes and techniques and things like that. Um, gin doesn't take long at all. It takes a matter of days, if not weeks, uh, to, to, produce, to produce a batch of gin. Um, and I think that because of the ease of distillation, because of the ease of producing, it's kind of, it's appealing to a lot of people because they're like, oh, this is kind of cool. We can do it craft. We can do small batch. We can do this. We can do that. And they can kind of use it as kind of like, um, you know, a lot, I think a lot of people were doing it as hobbies, actually, kind of like small businesses or hobbies. And then it kind of caught fire a little bit. So I think, I think the ease of making gin is, is one of the things that is kind of driving it. And I think thing number two, or aspect number two is the fact that gin is, um, Jin's entire persona and kind of aura is, is based around botanicals. It's about, um, you know, what, what plants are you using, what herbs, what spices, what flowers, what barks, um, you know, things like that. And now there's kind of a plant craze going on at the moment where everyone's kind of becoming more plant-based. They're kind of like maybe some people are vegetarian or vegan. They're looking at more plants, more herbs, more seasonings. And I think the reason why gin has kind of grasped people is because people are actually kind of getting the hang of like all these botanicals that they can get their hands on. Um, And I think that's, I personally think that's definitely part of it because people are more aware of plants and they're um, more aware of like botanical flavors and things. And I think they're just kind of experimenting a lot with gins and being like, Hey, what can we do with these botanicals that we, that we have? So, um, that's, that's what I think. I think that's the reason it's become quite popular recently. Now, for gin, I mean, I know it comes from Geneva, uh, which is the Dutch word. I know gin was the scourge of London pubs. 
uh, yeah. and everything in the 1600s. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know, like, it was outlawed. I know it got wild back in the day, so it's funny. It got as, wild back in the day, man. With, yeah. with, especially with, like, uh, with the Dutch influence on gins and how it was the Dutch courage and everything like that. Yeah. And it's it's interesting as a as an English person yourself bringing mm. it over to China. Uh, what do you bring? What do you see for different botanicals than like the typical? Like you need juniper berry, juniper yeah. berries. To so, start. Yeah. So basically, gin has to have juniper in it. Like that's basically what makes gin. Like I, I actually think the word for Geneva is juniper in Dutch. So, it sounds close and enough. in Spanish it's it's Ginebra, which also means juniper. So it, yeah, I. I it's it, it has to have that it has to be juniper forward to be to be considered gin. It can have any of the botanicals in it. It can have yeah. rose. It can it can have berries like slow gin. It can have all different types of things. But the most important thing is it has junipers to have that very kind of like um, like kind of like bitter but bitter bitter taste. You know, yeah. bitter bitter and dry kind of taste. Um, but actually, I, <laughs> I kind of want to talk about the whole Dutch and British thing with gin real quick. Sure, yeah. Because um, the Dutch, the Dutch it, it, gin is a Dutch spirit. It is. It's, it's Geneva is the Dutch. The Dutch weren't. It's, it's it. It was. It originated in Holland. But the thing when it comes to gin and tonics is that that was actually a very much an accidental British invention. And what happened there was um, so the, 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 the sailors in the British. I don't know, Navy or whatever. Like, but basically, when Britain was going all over the world and colonizing everywhere, yeah. um, a lot of the sailors would get uh, would get malaria, and they'd get very sick. Um, and they basically found that when they went to Latin America, what is now Latin America, uh, they found that the local people would, I think, eat and harvest something called uh, Jesuits' bark. And Jesuits' bark um, has this very—it basically has something called quine in it. It's mm-hmm. kind of very, like, um, kind of very bitter, very, um, it's very, very difficult to eat uh, uh, bark. And basically, when you when you when you sweat this out, like when you like when you consume this, mosquitoes don't bite you because your you, you, your sweat yeah. tastes different, or you taste different, or something. So it's this kind of like bizarre natural repellent. Um, so the sailors like, oh, okay, this 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 um, quinine seems to work. So, um, but it, it was awful to drink. It was super bitter. Yeah. And the thing is, even with tonic water now, like tonic water now is so is so filled with sugar that it covers a lot of the bitterness of the quinine. But um, but yeah, like so so basically, British soldiers would, would consume quinine, uh, but they'd be like, okay, this is this is disgusting. So they added gin to it, and then it kind of basically became gin and tonic. Because like ton- a tonic means a medicine, right? Yeah. A tonic is a remedy, so they called it tonic water, and they added gin to their tonic water, and then it basically became gin and tonic. I feel like you so, guys were the guinea pigs for a lot of stuff with alcohol, like uh, limes for scurvy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, limes yeah. for scurvy. You had uh, like your IPAs. It's because they had to get the beer to mm. India. They had to do an extra hoppy so we ferment on the way there. Like they were like figuring out. You, apparently. I don't know. Maybe this is a rumor. Maybe it's true. I don't know. Allegedly, the Brits like to drink. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throughout no, I, history, I, I've, I've heard this. I've heard this. Yeah. Throughout history, I, I feel like we're we're seeing lots of signs of yeah. British indulgence in the in a tipple or two. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, that's a nice thing we find quinine. I, I I never heard that story. I I knew it came from a tree, the bark of a tree, the Ochoa mm. tree, or something like that. I think it's it's called Jesuit's bark, yeah. um, and I'm not sure which kind of tree it comes from, but it's 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 in it's in Latin America some somewhere. Yeah. But I mean, because there's also I think it was also called the fever tree. We've heard that before. There's different. There's different. I mean, with any alcohol, yeah, you I know mean, what it is. It's just yeah. like the bark 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, but also, when you have malaria, like you yeah. get a high fever, right? Yeah. So I think that's probably maybe oh, this is the fever tree, like it's yeah. the, the, the tree that cures your fever type of thing, and that's probably where the, the name for fever tree came from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with tonics too, no matter how good or bad your gin is, the tonic will bring it up or take it down. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, T- tonic can certainly make or break a gin tonic for yeah. sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, in China, we're lucky now to get a lot of new tonics that we didn't have before. Yeah, like back in the day, it was just Schweppes. Schweppes. Yeah, and Schweppes uh, didn't. So quinine isn't completely legal here. It's part of traditional. No, medicine. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, there's workarounds back in the day where just flavorings. Yeah. Uh, now I think there's some way that it's uh, there's there's some way that you can get it in somehow. I mean whether it's flavored or whether they do a different recipe for China or whatever yeah. it is, but there's there's a way that you can get it that, that you can get a good tonic water. Like we've been using a locally made one called Tall Brothers, which is mm-hmm. a fantastic tonic. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, any tonic you have, no matter how good the gin is. The tonic really makes the gin. Yeah, it does. And you don't want it to be too sugary. You don't want it to be too flat. You don't want it to be actually even too fizzy. You want it to kind of have like a really good balance of of flavors. And then the other thing you need to have, because the tonic is sugary though, no matter what we do about it, you need to have that citrus balance. And that's why you always see gin tonic and a lime. And a lime or, um, well, actually it depends on the gin now. Yeah. So it can either be like a lime or a lemon or a cucumber or... um, a grapefruit or any other things. Making gin tonic really is an art now. Like, yeah. you know, there's so many gin bars right. that are popping up, whether it's like gin and juice or a hotel bar or anything. Like, there's, and there's, there's a million different garnishings that you can have with any gin. Like, so for example, if you have more of an oak barrel gin or like an aged gin, like adding a piece of cinnamon or a pe- like a slice of orange peel or a slice of orange itself is, is a really nice, is a really nice touch. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it really has, creating your gin is, kind of become a thing of beauty really like you have this really nice balloon glass and then you have this the gin and the tonic and then you can decorate it with basically anything that you anything that you kind of feel that you feel that you want i feel like in my opinion in the first time i saw that gin was like really becoming in its own thing again not just like an old man's drink was at least san francisco 2006 or 7 uh, hendrix gin came out mm-hmm. at least came out i love us. hendrix yeah. it was such an interesting gin because it was cucumber yeah and it was like rose and like the advertisements were really quirky and the mm-hmm. people like were old timey yeah it was such a um hit out of left field that you're like oh wow yeah and then like i think that a big company like that kind of breaks the mold then everybody could kind of do oh, whatever they, they, they were like a they were the trailblazers yeah definitely like they were the trailblazers winning i mean they, they were kind of years ahead of the kind of of the current influx that we're seeing now but i mean they really are trailblazers in this in this field and they they, they turn gin from this very bitter very dry very niche um drink into something that was that people of all ages and all, yeah. all genders wanted to consume and i think that yeah i, th- I think that they really they and also hendrix and then monkey as well monkey with the 47 yeah, botanicals right. you know and um you know with with all this kind of like really complex flavors i think that those two those two brands in particular they really kind of like blaze the trail for for the rest of the the, the gins that we see coming through today uh, Kelvin, what's your so, opinion on I was, I was actually about to ask, because you mentioned Monkey 47. Um, in terms of botanicals, what's like, what's the base amount of botanicals that you would want in a gym? Well, to be honest, you only really need juniper. Right. Anything else is just kind of an accessory. So you could even just do like a two... Yeah, you two, could just... Like, like, yeah, but as long as you have mm-hmm. like... The, so the, the base is normally obviously either a wheat 
usually we right. 95% of the time occasionally get your, the odd potato the odd potato based gin um, there's actually a really good potato based gin from Ireland called Muff <laughs> yeah it's called Muff and it's from a town called Muff um, and uh, yeah so there's uh, you get the old potato based gins but not many but the, the base is, is wheat and then you would infuse it and distill it with uh, with junipers right. and then you can add anything else that you want basically so there's there's no minimum amount there's no base there's no base amount but you can be as experimental as you like with that now before we started talking today Kelvin was asking me what's the difference between dry gin mm-hmm. and like gin like what's a London dry and then what's like a gin and okay. slow gin as well yeah. Okay, so so like a London dry mm. is basically something like a beef eater, um, and that basically has a very dry taste. Right. And uh, the dryness comes from the junipers, um, and basically it just it just has a very dry, very transparent color uh, and dry taste. Um, a lot of gins now wouldn't be considered to be London dries just because there's a lot of other stuff added to them, right. whether it be olive or rosemary or. Um, maybe rose or some other type of fruit or something like for example uh, Nordes I love Nordes it's one of my favourite gins I wouldn't consider that a London dry because it's like way too fruity and it's not in any way bitter um, but something like a beef eater or something like a Gordon's or may- maybe even a Bombay Sapphire I'd be like okay that's definitely yeah, like, like right. a London well it says uh, London dry on the label yeah yeah it's, it, it, has, it has this very dry taste so like when you when you drink it you're like okay that's definitely a very dry product but something like a Nordes or something like a Hendrix I wouldn't necessarily call that a dry gin. It's kind of very round and very fruity and very um, and very botanical. Uh, a slow gin is actually a little bit different because it's it is gin, but it's kind of not. So a slow gin is like a gin liquor or a gin liqueur, yeah. liqueur, liqueur, um, <laughs> liqueur, a gin liqueur. And it's um, so. So the, the other thing with gin, like something like the Golden Girls would drink a gin liqueur. A gin liqueur, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it used to be an old lady drink. Gin, uh, uh, slow gin fizz is like when grandma wants to get down. Mm-hmm. She likes the waiter at the restaurant. She's like, yeah, Filiberto. <laughs> See, my, my, my grandma did that all the time. Yeah, so, so basically the difference is so, so gin is always around 40%. So gin can be anything from like 36-ish percent to like 45-ish percent. And then the, the, the Navy strength ones are like 47 to like 50% around that, around that time, around that sort of percentage. Um, and then slow gins, generally speaking, are like in the 20s. So if you look at most slow gins, they'll be like kind of 24, 26, something like that. Sometimes right. as low as like 21, 22, something. Uh, so the alcohol content is much lower. And also the production process is a little bit different because um, basically slow berries, uh, they grow in... Um, so a, a, a slow berry is a, is a, is a very uh, juicy, fruity berry that grows in very gold. Uh, is it a blueberry that took the short bus? I don't know what that means. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> I don't think you guys have the, the, the short bus in, uh, in, in the UK. No. Calvin knows it. He gets it. Yeah. It's a blueberry that had to wear a helmet to school. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. But anyway, it's spelled like, S-L-O-E, though. So oh, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not. Oh, oh, that's where the joke comes from. It's S-L-O-E. Yeah, I okay, okay, okay. too. Okay, okay. Okay, so it's uh, slow, yeah, slow berry spelled S-L-O-E. Um, they grow in like very cold, quite cold climates. So you find them in places like Scotland and Scandinavia and, and places like that. Um, but the, the, the process of making them is a little bit different to regular gin. Like you kind of have to boil them and smash them and kind of 
I almost kind of make a weird jam or something, and then kind of it's 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 a, it's a whole other process okay. when it comes to making slow gin. So it's yeah. like it's its own. Beast. Yeah, it's its yeah, own beast. It's, 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 okay. it's kind of its own beast, and like again, like off the back of the gin gin renaissance, there's been like other types of gin liquors as well. Like for example, G G Vine have released a few mm-hmm. that I think are super nice. G Vine's another great gin, by the way. Right. G Vine is made of it's from France. It's made from grapes. Uh, they use a lot of yeah. grapes, um, but they've actually released a lot of gin liquors as well. So they have like a summer version that has like peaches and all this mm-hmm. really cool stuff and they have another one which has like different things and they're they're like kind of like you know tw- in the 20s 25, 26 something like that right. and they're, they're gin liqueurs as well so yeah it's actually in our plan this year to do a gin liqueur for, for Crimson oh, yeah. so speaking of your plan can you tell us a little bit about your brand and uh, what made you decide gin was the right uh, entree to the Chinese market sure um, okay so we started the project in 2017 um, my, my partner's my partner who's David he's, he's not here today uh, but has he, he passed away or <laughs> no he's he's still with us but he's just he's just in, he's just not physically here right now uh, no uh, it was uh, so Jin, uh, so Jin has been on my radar for a while or had been on my radar for a while just because um, I, I, I mean as I said I loved Hendrix Hendrix was such a great drink and like I, I grew up I mean I kind of came of age of the era where a lot of my friends were drinking rum and cokes, especially kind of cool rums, like Sailor Jerry's or something like that. Sailor Jerry's and Coke was like kind of the go-to drink if you were kind of like a London hipster girl. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, very much so. And this was kind of like in the tw- late, tw- late 2000s, early 2010s, that kind of, that kind of era. I came to China in 2013. So, um, yeah, that, that kind of era, Sailor Jerry's and Coke was kind of like the thing. And for me, you know, I love Sailor Jerry's and Coke. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's, I, I do like it, but I was kind of the only one who was getting like a gin tonic. And right. I jumped on the Hendrix train like pretty early. So like kind of like in the early 2010s, like I'd be like, no, give me a Hendrix and tonic, like gin tonic. Um, so I was, I was pretty into gin. Like I liked the dryness. I liked the kind of bitterness that, that, that kind of came with it. Um, and I liked, the other thing I liked is when you had a good gin, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't necessarily get that much of a hangover. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of people who disagree with me on this because like a lot of people I know they hate gin hangovers and they're just like, no, I can't stand it. Like I feel terrible the next day. And I'm like, dude, like wine is way worse. Like a a wine hangover is the worst kind of hangover. Like you make some bad decisions on a wine hangover. Um, but for me, I never really got like a, a, I mean, I think it's the quality of the alcohol that that comes into play but I never really got like that much of a bad hangover on, on gin um, I think the hangover so, comes from tonic to be honest with you all the oh, sugar, sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's the thing I am convinced a hangover is more of a sugar problem than an oh, alcohol problem yeah because yeah. Yeah, it, it dehydrates you and everything and that's the same thing with tequila right because it's like I mean my for those of you who don't know my, my, my partner David his, he's from Latin America and he imports tequila and rum and everything like that um, and uh when you drink good tequila, if you just sip it out of a shot glass, you can just go all night. You can just sip mm-hmm. it, go all night. You'll get a nice buzz. You'll get a nice kind of like a nice vibe going, but you won't feel terrible the next day. You'll be a bit slow and you'll be a bit groggy, but you won't get that pounding, intense hangover when you have to yeah. order three McDonald's and you're puking and this and that. You just you just won't get that. Um, well, you know what they say though: when the hangover knocks, don't answer the door. <laughs> like, that's, that's from Johan Holmberg but if you uh, if you have a hangover guys the, the quick tip is have a shot that'll knock it out even if you can't do it this is from a professional have a shot or have a beer just just hair of the dog hair of the dog buzz that on a little longer yeah I, I do believe in hair of the dog but it's just something that I don't really like to do <laughs> well that's why you don't want to get a hangover that's why you don't want to get a hangover yeah it's true um 
Okay. So anyway, where was I? Um, yeah. So anyway, so I was, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was kind of a, bit, a big Hendrix girl in the sort of early early two thousands. Um, then I came to China in twenty thirteen. Met David in twenty fifteen. Uh, he was already kind of importing and dealing in uh, tequilas and rums and various different uh, Latin American uh, uh, alcohols. Um, and then he, he kind of turned around to me, I think, in 2017, and he said, like, he said, do you know what? I'm spending all my time and all my energy and a lot of money and a lot of resources building up other people's brands. And he was like, you know, I built up this brand, that brand, the other brand. I've made it what it is, but they're not mine. You know, like, you know, I have a contract with them, but that contract has an expiry date. They can just go somewhere else. Right. You know, I can do all of, I can do all this work. I can do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not my baby. It's somebody else's baby. And they can up and leave at any time they want. So I was like, okay, so what do you want to do about it? And he said, okay, I, I want to create my own brand. And I said, okay, but what do you, what do you want to do? Because he was kind of facing two problems. He was facing the problem of like the one that I just said with the, with the with the, the brand just being somebody else's brand. yeah exactly and the other problem was um, at this particular period in time the US dollar was going up and down the peso was going up and down the, the RMB was going up and down so he constantly had to change the prices and the structures of his business and it was really affecting affecting what was going on with the pricing side of his business so I said okay well what do you want to do about it because he was like really into doing his own brand so okay what do you want to do and he said well what about tequila and I was like well that that defeats the purpose because you're still dealing with the pace, so you're still dealing with the RMB. Like you're gonna have to roll, roll and you're gonna have to get back and forward to Mexico to kind of yeah. like figure out figure out your stuff. Um, so I just said like, no, it just seems it just seems silly to do a tequila because yeah, it'll be your brand, but you'll still be dealing with like another aspect of the problem. Right. So I said, what else? And he said, what about a whiskey? And I was like, well, uh, okay. I said, uh, okay. I said, but whiskey, you have two problems. Number one, in Asia the Japanese have cornered the market. Like, the Japanese Japanese whiskies are really highly sought after. They're very expensive. Um, they're very um, super premium. And, you know, everybody wants a Japanese whiskey. And problem number two is that you ha- we ha- we're going to have to wait for at least five or six years for it to age. Yeah. We could do a private label thing. We go to a factory that's been aging whiskies, bottle it, slap our label on it, and be like, this is our whiskey. But then I feel like a fraud. And I, you know, I, I don't like that whole kind of, if you're going to put your heart and soul into something, I don't like that whole private label thing. I like doing your own formula. Yeah. So then we, um, so then we knocked it on the head for a bit. And then I went back to the UK, I think it was in early 2017. And I saw that gin had just exploded. Like you, you'd walk into this kind of like normal, regular, unassuming pub or unassuming bar. And the gin selection had gone from like five gins to like 105 gins. I said to my mom, I was like, what's what's going on with gin? And she was like, yeah, the, the, the UK has just gone gin crazy. She's like, every week there's a new gin. There's all these new, there's all these new flavors. There's all these new styles. Like if you walk into a super, an average supermarket, it's like, it's like the spirit section is like 50% gins now. Um, so I was like, wow, that's crazy. So I, I got on the phone to David and I was like, the UK is going crazy for gin. I think this might catch on. And he did a bit of research, and at the time there was no Chinese gin. Right. So I said to David, I was like, okay, do some research on gin, and then we'll and then we'll pursue it. Uh, so he did a bit of research. Um, we found out about the, the botanical <coughs> process, the distillation process, what constitutes a gin. 
because um, the, the other good thing about gin as well is that it, it doesn't have this kind of rule like um, like for example like tequila has to be from Mexico mezcal has to be from Mexico or champagne has to be from France like there's, there's no rules attached to that gin can be from anywhere right? yeah there's no DOC on gins yeah exactly so um, so yeah you can so you can do gin from you can do gin from wherever and I was like you know was, and we did this research and you know we found out as long as it has junipers in it you can basically you can't have like carte blanche to do whatever else you want with it whether it's uh, botanicals or whatever you want to do with it you have you can do whatever you want because there's a whole new wave right it's not just London dries anymore there's like we've just entered the San Francisco competition there's like I think 12 different categories of gin now where it's like London dry flavoured contemporary new wave aged uh, slow this like there's, there's like different there's yeah. like a million different categories of gin that you can that you can enter which weren't there let's say 20 years ago um so gin is kind of taking on a whole new persona now um so anyway so we uh so we were like okay so this is this isn't this is a thing let's hop on it so we we bought out the first bottle of crimson um at the end of the very very tail end of 2017 um and uh we it kind of caught fire a little bit like we were just doing kind of like the local markets local christmas markets going to local bars and like everybody we showed to was like yeah okay we'll take a bottle and then like just in terms of b2c a lot of people were like yeah give me give me three give me four like so it, it kind of we were like okay we, we might be onto something here um and then a year later at the end of 2018 we launched two other flavors so um the first one was kind of this kind of uh sort of citrusy and spicy uh one we use peppercorns we use coriander seeds we use um we use lemon peel from hainan the other thing with our gin is that everything we use is from mainland china we don't want to import any import anything even the junipers so we actually found a juniper farmer in shandong who um who grows our junipers for us um and uh yeah so we so a year so we launched that in 2017 a year later at the end of 2018 we launched two other ones that were very kind of like tea forward because we wanted to because like china is the land of tea right it just it just is like everybody drinks tea here there's a million different types of tea they have different properties different flavors we were like china would be a good name for a tea company china yeah cha no no yeah <laughs> I don't get it. Cha, like tea. Yeah. No, China. Oh, China. <laughs> also, before we go too far, what's the name of your gin? Crimson Pangolin. Okay, because I don't think you've mentioned the name once. Oh, no, I think I mentioned it at the, at the, 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 top, the, top, the top of the podcast. Yeah. 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 At the beginning, yeah. Okay, so I'm the founder of Crimson Pangolin. Okay. What's a crimson? What's a pangolin? So crimson is a shade of red. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> well, it's good to know, you know. Yeah, uh, and the reason the reason we um, when we're coming up, names are weird, right? Names are like when you're naming something, it's um, it's it's a weird process when you're naming something yeah. because when you're kind of going through the whole process, of like okay, I want to name this thing. All names sound strange until you kind of get. <laughs> It hits the right. Yeah, until you, until you keep saying it, and then you're like, it's like naming your baby, right? If yeah. you're gonna name your baby, you have to say things like da da da, stop playing with that up there, or da da da, go and play. And you have to say it enough times to be like, okay, that fits. That wait, fits. you don't have baby names already made in your mind? I have a couple, but mine's Samuel Octavian Browse, so he's my sob. Oh, sob. So okay. You know your little sob, and I'm looking I, at his mom the whole time. That's your <laughs> sob. You did this. I already I planned this since I was like eight. Really? <laughs> okay. Jeff, yeah, do you have Jeff kid names picked out? No. 
No, okay. Well, you're very young still, right? Well, drink gin. I mean, drink enough gin. You'll, you'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come gin, up with something. Gin makes babies. <laughs> we did actually think of the, uh, a name for... Uh, Juniper is also a girl's name, by the way. Juniper is a beautiful name. It's, 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 really a, think it's, about it's, it. it's a pretty name. You have yeah. to think for girls, like, how it's going to sound if she's called to stage on a strip club. Like, Juniper to the main stage. You don't hear it. Hey, but you don't want your daughter to be a strip club. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, exactly. You want, okay, President Juniper one day. That yeah, would be kind I, of... Cool. I see that's like, not a presidential name, though. Yes, it is. She's definitely dancing if her name is Juniper. Yeah. No, she's not. Yeah. She'll have, like, a little crimson penguin yeah, tattoo should, okay, on her lower back. Come on. You'd, you'd short it to June, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, but June. President, President June. June isn't... Yeah, but it would be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be President June something. It would pres, President June last name. It wouldn't President be like June Penguin. Once you once you keep saying it, like I mean, it does. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think all names sound. You could call her Perry, maybe June Perry. I mean, she'll get a nickname. I mean, no matter what, whatever like somebody's name is, they get a nickname. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, but I, I do. I do. I have a couple of kid names picked out, but. Not related to gym. <laughs> not related to gym names? <laughs> yeah. No, I always had SOB. It was in my mind. It was always going to be my SOB. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, so uh, so we launched two others in 2018, which were the T-orientated ones, and then in 2019, uh, around springtime, we launched the oak barrel one, which was basically our original recipe, but we aged it in oak barrels for three months, and that was kind of um, a happy accident in a weird way. Because well, I don't know if that was a happy accident, but but basically, like something something came around, we had to store our gin, and we were just because like, we we overproduced a certain batch, and then we were like, okay, why don't we just store it in some oak barrels and see what happens? So we ordered a few oak barrels from this uh, from a barrel supplier, and they were they were virgin, they were virgin oak barrels. Um, so we stored it, we stored it for three months, and we tasted it, and we were like, holy crap, this is amazing. So then we launched our oak barrel edition. So. Mm-hmm. So it was, a ha- it was a happy accident, but it was also kind of a, an experiment as well. And we're just about to produce our second batch as well of the, of the oak barrel. So, yeah. What's yeah. with the, uh, there's like a purple or a colored uh, gin as well? Yeah, so that's, um, so, so through that, there's also a story behind that. So uh, we actually now, for the for the purple one, we use a botanical called black goatee berries. Okay. Um, we actually didn't use that in the first batch. So in the first batch, we used a botanical, a flower, a flower called butterfly blue pea. And you can find butterfly blue pea basically along the equator. So like uh, places like uh, Thailand, Vietnam. Also, there's some sort of uh, sort of Af- Af- equatorial Africa and places like that. They have butterfly blue pea as well. And the cool thing about this ingredient is that um, when you add uh, something acidic, it changes color because it's kind of like a natural, ind- like, it's like yeah. red cabbage, right? It's like a natural indicator. Um, so, uh, so, so we, we, we used that to begin with, but then we found out that actually the color, the color of this blue pea only has a shelf life of about nine months before it starts to kind of turn a little bit yellow. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So it doesn't lose its flavor, but it, but it does lose the color. And, um, there's, there's, there's other gin brands that use this. For example, there's one called the illusionist. There's one called six dogs. And there's one called the Empress as well that uses this uh, uses this botanical. Um, the Illusionist actually they use a black bottle when they when they do it, and it stops the sunlight from getting to the liquid. So I think it probably has a longer shelf life in that respect. Uh, so I think that's probably a better thing. Like in, in hindsight, we should have done that, but mm. we but we didn't. We actually changed the, we changed the botanical in the end because we were like, okay, this is a bit too stressful that we have to sell this gym in a certain time yeah. window. We you know, yeah. so um, we changed the botanical to uh, to black goji berries. They have a much 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 longer shelf life 
Um, and they also do the same. They, they do the same thing. Where if you add tonic, they turn kind of like a purple color. Basically, aviation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It does make a great aviation. So because you don't have to have the sugar then. Because yeah. like, yeah. the thing is, like, if you if you make an aviation, you have to have the vi- the violet syrup that creme has de violet. creme de violet syrup that has the, that has a lot of sugar. But if you make an aviation with a purple gin, you don't need that. Right. You you don't need that yeah, sugar. Exactly. Yeah. Now traveling all over China, what have you seen in terms of gin? How's the response been? Because gin traditionally is not that big in China except for like coastal cities mm-hmm. um, it's actually really picking up it's picking up a lot of steam uh, we were amongst the first in China we were the second Chinese gin to, to launch uh, since we have launched there's been a lot of um, there's been no not a lot there's been maybe six that have come kind of on the, on the heels of us on sort of uh, yeah behind us um, from different regions as well. So there's one from Shangri-La, there's one from Xiamen, there's one from Beijing. Um, there's a couple in Hong Kong that are going on. So, and there's the one in Zhuhai as well. So it's really, uh, it's, it really is picking up steam here and people are kind of getting on the gin, they're getting on the gin bandwagon. Um, it's still kind of at the top tiers though. So kind of like people who are like kind of more worldly, they've been overseas for university or college or whatever, they come back and they bring gin with them. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's very much kind of at the top tiers of society at the moment, but I think that it will end up trickling down, uh, but it'll take a couple of years for that to happen, yeah. But I do think we got in there at the right time, yeah. Yeah. because I think, you know, end of 2017 was kind of a point where it was like, oh my God, gin, what's that? Yeah. But now people are like, okay, no, I, I understand what gin is. I understand what's going on with it. So I think initially when you guys came in, it was you guys and peddlers. Yeah. And then for a few years, you didn't really see any new Chinese gins. No. And then I, I'd say like 2019, maybe last yeah, year. Yeah, I would. I was like, like Q3, Q4, 2019. Yeah. There was a lot that came All through. All of a yeah. sudden, like there was yeah. like three, four that started just bursting out, mm. and then a few more coming in. Um, there's Balang. Balang, yeah, yeah. Bula. I actually, I went to there. I went to their their just Yeah, you yeah. were saying. About I'm wearing one of their hoodies right now, actually. Um, but yeah, the, the, the guys, from, the other interesting thing about gin is most of them are run by foreigners, which is maybe surprising, but also maybe not, um, it is still very much kind of like a sort of like British, Kiwi, Australian yeah. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few genuine locally produced gins, um, I think by, I by local people. Porcelain but, oh, that's from Hong Kong. Yeah. 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 That one I thought was quite interesting. It's got... There's a beautiful bottle. Yeah. Yeah, really nice bottle. Yeah, that's yeah. their main self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what's everybody's uh, favorite gin gin recipe or gin cocktail? Aviation. Aviation, Kevin, you want to uh, expand so on that? Aviation, there is uh, lemon juice, there's creme de violet. There's also maraschino as maraschino, well. Maraschino, yeah. and then gin, and then um, just lemon peel. But why do you like it, though? It's refreshing. Um, it's 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 kind of it's interesting because it's it, it tends to be very refreshing and you think it's very light in taste mm. in the beginning, but then you get halfway through it and you realize it's a really strong drink. Yeah, and I think that's kind of it's it's, why a, it's like a slow it. sipper. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of yeah. catches up to you. I think that's what I like about it. Yeah, but it, it tastes delicious as well. So it's great. Yeah, it's a great cocktail. I really I really enjoy the cocktail as well. I know that you drink Vespers. I love Vespers. Vespers yeah. is my favorite, though. Vespers are basically rocket fuel. Yeah, Vespers yeah. will put you on your butt if you don't know what you're doing. Vesper yeah. is uh, uh, vodka, gin, and the lay. 
uh, with a lemon twist. Mm-hmm. I think James Bond said it best in the movie Casino Royale. Um, the first James Bond with uh, with what's Daniel his name? Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah. And on the airplane, and he orders it with Gordon's. Uh, it's fantastic, easy to drink, clear cocktail. Uh, and it just after fourteen or fifteen of them, you know. What? That just, would that would put me in hospital. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You got to get strong. You got to get tough with it. You know. Oh, yeah. uh, how about yourself? What's your favorite drink, Helena, with gin? So it depends what mood I'm in. Uh, but in the summer, um, I really like a Tom Collins, especially with oak barrel aged gin. Um, so basically, Tom Collins is super easy and actually pretty low calorie. It's um, it's basically gin, lemon juice bit of sugar top of soda water yeah and that's basically it and uh if you have an oak barrel gin it takes away the bitterness and makes it kind of more rounded and, and oaky um so that's probably my summer my summer drink i also quite like uh i mean i like a negroni i like all the negroni riffs that are going on there's a lot of negroni riffs that are, that are happening right now um i also like extra extra dirty martinis like filthy, like yeah, just like really just, olive-y. Just throw the throw all the juice in there, yeah. man. Throw all the olive juice in there. Just that that's for me that's a late night tip. Yeah, that's, that's like, a that's, good one though. Yeah, that's a bit one of those on my camera I find uh just circling back to Collins, so you could have there's so many different variations on a Collins. Collins just like uh Helena said, sours mix. It could even be Collins mix, which they call it, uh lemon juice, uh sugar. Or agave syrup, whatever you want to do to make a kind of a mix, like a simple syrup, plus soda. Uh, so you can have a Tom Collins, which is gin. A John Collins is vodka. A Juan Collins is tequila. Uh, Juan Collins. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, Juan Collins is tequila. The list goes on. So almost every different spirit could be like something Collins. Okay. So like if you did a Baijiu Collins, I guess you could call it a Wong Collins. Wong Collins, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Lee Collins. A Lee, Lee Collins. Collins. But you have, you have a lot of options, you know what I mean? So Collins is a very versatile drink, and I think maybe that should be our drink of the summer this year. I think uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, Tom Collins. Yeah, Tom Collins, absolutely. I can I could agree more. Guys, do you have any thoughts or anything before we close out the podcast? Um, I'd be interested to know how long people think the gin craze is going to last, if it has a few more legs or if it's going to evolve into something new. Um, I think a lot of people are hopping on Mezcal, but... Yeah, the mezcal. I mean, unfortunately, with the way the world is at this point in time, twenty twenty one, China's through the storm. But I don't know how we're going to get to taste new mezcals. Yeah, our production is right now, and we wish the best to everybody that's struggling through it. But I think I think you you hit the nail on the head when you did all China. It's mm-hmm. very smart, you know, very prescient almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like I, I was saying before, you're seeing more and more gin brands pop out, and because of that, I think it's prolonging the gin craze because mm-hmm. people are consistently everyone likes trying it evolves with right? like any trend yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so the more gins there are out there the more people will be stuck on this craze and trying out different gins and just mm-hmm. uh, learning more about different things you can do with gin as well and yeah. especially if you land on a drink that you particularly like you would probably spend a few months ordering that drink at yeah. the bar. and I think that's you know you'll try doing variations of it with the same cocktail, different gin. And so, yeah, I think, I think it has some time still. Yeah. Especially since there's still a lot of people learning about it. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great guys. With that said, cheers, everybody. Thank you. Cheers. Viewers at home. Enjoy. Thank you very much.